0: Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Join Josh and Chuck, the guys who bring you stuff you should know, as they take a trip around the world to help you get smarter in a topsy-turvy economy. Check out the all-new Super Stuff Guide to the Economy from HowStuffWorks.com. Available now exclusively on iTunes. Everybody, welcome to the podcast. My name is Chris Paulette. I'm the editor here at HowStuffWorks.com, and sitting next to me, as usual, at the tech stuff news desk, is senior writer Jonathan Strickland. Bonjour. <laughs> no, we're not talking about networking today. No. Well, we are kind well, of. Cause...
1: Kind of. Yeah, I guess we can't get away from that, no matter what, huh?
0: No, mm. sadly. But we are here to talk about gaming.
1: Yes, gaming. Something I am passionate about, despite the fact that I don't own any... Well, I own a Wii. That's the only current generation console I own. I don't need to
0: know about your Wii. Yeah. However...
1: I'd like to share anyway.
0: We are talking about networks and gaming. Wait, how do those go together again?
1: (laughs) Well, of course, networks and gaming aren't new. We've been networking and gaming for... Years and years now. But, uh, what we wanted to talk about was a new kind of networked gaming where the network is doing all the, the, the number crunching and graphics processing and all that kind of stuff on its end. And so you just need a very thin client to access those games. So again, this is taking us back to one of our favorite topics here at, uh, tech stuff. That would be cloud computing. This
0: is my wireless router. There are many like it, but this this one is is mine. mine.
1: (laughs) Nice. Nice. Full metal jacket reference, if I'm not mistaken. Thank you. Um, This is my router. This is my gun. (laughs) Okay. So uh, first, before we get too far into this, um, I I wanted to kind of talk about uh, reasons why some of us are a little skeptical about the whole cloud gaming thing. And, um, it's because in recent years we've seen some companies, um, one in particular, uh, really, uh, make a claim about an, uh, upcoming console that wasn't so much a cloud computing console, but was uh, a console promising these, these
0: really big,
1: big results and, um, and nothing ever came of it.
0: Why, Jonathan, I don't know what you could mean. I could mean the Phantom
1: Game Console, one of the most aptly named consoles ever to come out of anyone's imagination.
0: Yeah. Honestly, when you're when you're thinking about the Phantom Console and how it never appeared, you would think, wait a minute, did they know they were going to pull one over on me? Yeah. I mean, with a name like that, you're thinking they did that on purpose. So- Or at least I am.
1: The Phantom Game Console was an idea that came out of a company <laughs> called Infinium Labs, and the the basic concept behind the console was that you would have a, a console that was always hooked up to the, uh, the Internet uh, through a high-speed Internet connection, a broadband connection. Mm-hmm. And you would download games from the Internet onto this console, and it would have all the software on the console necessary to play games that were meant for PCs, for other game consoles. I think they mentioned like the PS2 and the Xbox and – Uh, all the Nintendo games. So it was kind of this pie-in-the-sky unified game console where you could suddenly have access to all these different games using one machine, which is kind of the thing that a lot of gamers have wanted for a really long time, because despite the fact that you have fanboys of every single gaming device out there who will claim to to their grave that their favorite console is the best one, ultimately every single one of those fanboys has a game that He or she, I guess I could put fangirls in there too, uh, wants to really play, but it's on another console.
0: Like E.T. for the Atari 2600?
1: That? Why are you trying to to derail me? No one wants to play E.T. for the Atari 2600. If you do want to play E.T. for the Atari 2600, talk to me because I might have a copy somewhere.
0: You Um, know, uh, I'm I'm – I'm very sorry that those of you listening can't see the vein that throbs on oh his forehead gosh. when you that
1: game up. What a horrible game. <laughs> no, no, no.
0: I'm talking about Pick good Pick the games. little Reese's Pieces and walk around. Okay, Ice. so
1: let's say that I'm an Xbox owner and I really want to access, oh uh, gosh, what's a good PS2 game or PS3 game that's that's only for that system? Um I was going to say Grand Theft Auto but that changed.
0: I was going to um, uh I, I might say Ratchet and Clank.
1: Okay, Ratchet and Clank. Yeah. All right, let's say let's say that there's a a game that's specifically for one console. You own the other one. You would have to go out and either buy or rent the other console before you could play that game, which is a big bummer. So the Phantom game console was promising, "Hey, you're going to be able to play any game you want on this one system." Very very uh, uh kind of enticing idea. Um there's a little problem. Oh, yeah. There was no evidence that the thing actually existed. There were some pictures, but the pictures weren't really conclusive. Uh, Some people did some investigating and found that the address for the company led to like a little empty office building, or uh, I guess it was actually an empty office in a strip mall. And uh, it was, uh, I think uh, it was like 100 square feet with um, a desk and two phones. And that was it. So people were immediately skeptical of this. And uh, a lot of people were calling um, shenanigans and uh, i believe it was seconded so they got the brooms out um that's a reference for the south park fans out there so anyway it did turn out that the the infinium labs eventually kind of backed away from this whole phantom game console thing they do have a product out now um it's a keyboard and they uh
0: they changed their name yes yes so uh they're so, named for the phantom now
1: and they apparently lost about 62.7 million dollars between 2002 and 2005
0: Wow. Yeah. I'm betting that's not on that 100 square foot office space. Probably not. At uh, least not so only on that.
1: At any rate, there were a lot of charges of fraud and stuff being bandied about during that whole time. So that has understandably made people a little skeptical about other gaming systems that aren't coming from one of the big names. Um, that, you know, most people think like, okay, either it's not going to make an impact at all. Uh, it doesn't really exist or, um, you know, the guy's crazy. You know. Yeah, but, I mean,
0: it's you know, you've got your your Sega's and Nintendos and Ataris and people who you know have the wherewithal and expertise doing this stuff, and then somebody else like say Microsoft wants to join in, you go, well, okay, sure, they can throw hundreds of millions of dollars at doing this, so okay, yeah, I'll believe that they're doing that, but right. if, you know, Joe comes up and say, yeah, I've started Joe's Games, I'll have a console out next year, you're going, yeah, okay, I'm yeah. sorry, who are you again?
1: Right, but. In this case, we're talking about someone who actually is well known who has come out with this, uh, this new proposed gaming system. And we should add that the one we're about to talk about is not necessarily the only cloud gaming system, uh, in development right now. It's just the one that's made the biggest splash as of the recording of this podcast.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, made quite a few recent headlines.
1: Right. And we're talking about the on live system, which was, uh, unveiled at the game developers, uh, conference in San Francisco in March 2009. And uh, this is sort of the brainchild of Steve Perlman, who you may know from such uh, wonderful uh, projects as Web TV and QuickTime. So, and, uh, so not, a, not an unknown.
0: No, not not in the least. His, uh, his company, uh, Reardon, um, I believe a reference to uh, Atlas Shrugged.
1: Yes, good old Ayn Rand. Yep.
0: Um, oh, <sighs> and if, um, um,
1: if one thing can make me madder than E.T. for the Atari 2600. It's Ayn Rand.
0: All right, then. Let's move on. Um, yeah, it, at one point the company was named Reardon Steel. Yes. And, uh, that was about the time that the Moxie, uh, digital video recorder was part of the company. It is now spun off. It is part of Digio. Um, but, you know, these are, these are some serious projects. This is not, uh, an unknown quantity in the least. Yeah, and, it's not um, a fly by night operation. And if you look at the console, it's very very simple actually it's, it's not uh,
1: even tiny not even necessarily a console it depends on which version
0: you're looking at it's a micro console yeah
1: um and that's again just one version of it so here's the thing uh he introduced on live um uh, at the game developers conference uh and said that it, it's been in development for um for for 7 years so there are three different versions of this thing there's one that connects to your television mm-hmm. uh then there is uh, a a software that you would have on your PC or software you would have on your Mac. Thank you. So for once, Mac users are not left out of the game. However, I should point out, only for Macs that have Intel processors. Well, that's
0: for all intents and purposes – the modern mac right if you don't if you own, Several a, years if you own
1: an now. old old mac then you may not be able to run this it will um, not work on my powerbook yeah you're going to need an intel based mac running a current version of the operating system but otherwise you can run this software on a pc or a mac and for the tv because you can't run software on a tv yet they have this little mini console and it looks about the size of a like an iPhone really
0: I mean it's tiny well it doesn't have any of the parts that you would associate with a traditional console with traditional the modern console so it's not it doesn't have a hard drive on it right it doesn't have any moving parts. Well, I don't think there are any moving parts. It I, doesn't have a I hard drive and doesn't have so. a, a disc player in it. Right. Uh, so, you know, you're not going to be looking at a Blu-ray player, but then again, it's supposed to be a lot cheaper, although they haven't really announced a lot of pricing for the thing yet.
1: Right. So right now it's got what, what it does have, the console that is it, um, it has uh, support uh, for up to four wireless controllers. Bluetooth. Yeah. Bluetooth support for four headsets. There you go. Um, it has, uh, two USB ports for physical, uh, connections to a controller or a keyboard or a mouse or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got, uh, an S optical output, uh, ethernet port. That's, of course, where you would plug it up to your, um, high speed internet, uh, connection. Cause mm-hmm. it, like the Phantom, this requires an internet connection. Uh, it has a video audio out port and a micro USB power port. That's Very nice. it. That's, that, this little bitty box, that's all it has on it. And then you, if you plug all that up and you hook it up to your TV, you got it hooked up to your internet broadband service, uh, theoretically, you would then have access to all the games that are on its system. And you would purchase games the way you normally would, except of course, you wouldn't own a physical copy of the game.
0: That's true. You would, you would essentially own, in the cloud.
1: Yeah, you would own access to the game. (laughs) Really, because you wouldn't have – they wouldn't send you any files. You, they wouldn't send you a CD or anything. Uh, you would log into the system and you would access the game that exists on these servers in the cloud. And then you could play the game through that. And all the graphics processing, all of the uh, number crunching, all of that goes on in the cloud. So it doesn't matter how powerful a machine you have. If you have a PC or a Mac that meets the minimum specifications, which are really low – Really minimal. Really minimal. I mean, if you have just an old Windows machine that's running Windows XP, you can use this. You don't at even need to be th- to
0: on live. You don't even have to. Sorry, to interrupt. No, go ahead. Uh, you don't even have to have the latest uh, Apple operating system. No, I believe it runs on 10.4 and, and maybe even 10.3. It does
1: run on 10.3.
0: So I mean, we're not. Th- these are operating systems that are several years old. Yeah. So, so it's it's you know it doesn't have to have bleeding edge hardware for it to work. And for for a
1: lot of gamers, this is um. This is kind of a dream come true. I mean I don't know about you chris, but i i I was a big computer gamer when uh during the eighties and early nineties, yeah, okay. Yeah. I really loved computer games, but right around the time of the early nineties, that's when games started coming out that required um, uh, a more um powerful video processor, right. Right. Mm -hmm. So it started to feel like if you didn't go out and buy a new video card every six months or so, you couldn't play the latest games and video cards cost around 200 bucks. So you're talking about, okay, I'm going to spend $260 to play this $60 game because before I can play it, I have to get a new video card. Right. I was not willing to do that. I, that is the point where I dropped out of playing computer games. So for the last. Fifteen years or so, I haven't really been playing computer games that often. At least, not ones that required a uh, you know high-powered video card. Right. So I switched back to consoles, and a lot of people did because console, you know, you knew it was good for a few years. Then you didn't have to worry about upgrades and things like the uh, the Xbox, the Wii, the the PS2 and three. Uh, you could connect those to the network and actually get patches through the network. So. If even in that case, you know your your machine is getting upgraded, but you don't have to buy new components for it to make it to so that it stays in working condition.
0: Right. So this thing would theoretically Bypass. rule that out. Yeah. Completely because it doesn't. All it does is function as a, you know, a go between, a proxy. Right. Between you and the cloud, it doesn't have to be updated. At least, right. least, you know, maybe a little firmware every once in a yeah, while. Yeah. It's but,
1: all it's all updated on the back end. As right. We like to say. Right. And occasionally you might get a patch to whatever the software you're running on your machine to, in order to access this. I assume it's something like a browser. Um, the thing is, this has, this is right now it's in internal beta. Uh, it's Mm -hmm. supposed to go to a wider beta this summer. And then according to OnLive, it should be ready for, uh, for consumers by winter of 2009, which I'm really excited about. I mean, the idea of being able to play this on my television. Or on a computer, I, I really like this idea, mm-hmm. and um, and uh, it supports networked games, so you can play with or against other people online. Uh, you know, all of this sounds great. They've got some great partners. They've got EA Games, Ubisoft, Take Two Interactive,
0: Two um, D Boy, Creators <laughs> of World of Goo,
1: Atari. Oh yeah. THQ, which, mm-hmm. by the way, produced one of my favorite pro wrestling video games of all time, WrestleMania 2000, and, uh, for the <laughs> N64. And, um.
0: Not that you're biased.
1: Not that I'm biased. Those were awesome video games. Okay. <laughs> Anyone who ever played any of those old N64 mm-hmm. wrestling games will agree with me. Uh, anyway. So they have these great partners there and more will, will surely join them because think about this, guys. When you build a video game, the expense of building it isn't just in the development. It's mm-hmm. in the production. I mean, you have to produce boxes, you have to produce, you know, whatever media you're going to you know encode the game on, whether right. it's a
0: cartridge, a disc, whatever. And to pay for distribution?
1: You have to pay for distribution. To, yeah, exactly. There are all these things you have to pay for. There's extra marketing costs. This cuts out a lot of those Considerations. So mm-hmm. now developers, now they're like, well, this is great because now we won't have to pay for all this this production. We can um, get a, a larger return on our investment. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily expect this to make video games cheaper because if the market is going to bear a $50 or $60 video game, there's no reason for them to charge less.
0: That's true, although they, they may do what, uh, some of the other digital distribution markets have done and, and trim the price a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, because there is still the, the matter of having to pay the developers, uh, developers, developers. Right. Um, and, um, you know, there are, there are a lot of other costs overhead. You know, if you got a lot of people in one building developing, they require a lot of Mountain Dew. Um. So there Tab is, and Mountain Dew, Tab and Mountain Dew, and Fritos yes, and Fritos. Uh, so, um, <laughs> Code Monkey for the win. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, there are some serious costs that that do have to be uh, taken care of, and of course, then there's that whole profit motive. Um, but you know, they they might trim that. There is one neat advantage though that this will have that uh, other game consoles don't, unless of course you're you know going to rent the video games, and that is that they're going to let you try this out. On the yeah. website, it actually says, "Hey, you'll be able to try some of these out, and if you like to keep going with that, you could purchase the game." Yeah,
1: and have little demo levels. Yeah, whatever. which
0: is which is great because you know, other than renting, until renting became popular, and that was uh, that was a real pain in the neck. You found you spent fifty bucks on a game and went, "Man, this thing is junk."
1: Right, and there are a couple of other really cool things for developers too, if you think about it. For one, um, you don't have to worry about resale. Mm-hmm. that's a big thorn in computer game company sides right now, is the fact that people get tired of games. They can go and trade them in for other games. And then those, those old games can be sold again. Mm-hmm. Well, the game company doesn't see any of that money. You know, they, they would rather sell a new game every single time. Well, if it's all, you know, you're accessing, if you're buying access to a game, you can't resale, resale, resell that resale. Uh, sorry. I, I am from the South and occasionally it <laughs> looks through. Um, and, uh, you know, it's – the other nice thing is that you only develop for one platform. That's true. You know, you don't That'd have to develop easy. for the – you know, if you have a game and you want to make it available to every single console, that means you have to go through the development process well, essentially three times if we're talking about the three major consoles, right? Right. That costs Plus a lot of PC. money. Exactly. And that costs, and that costs money and it takes time. And, uh, you know, you, you think about it, that divides your resources by three or four – Amounts, you know. This way, you're developing for one platform. Anyone who's using a PC, Mac, or television can access it. I mean, there—that's almost a no-brainer.
0: Plus, you might be able to uh, go back and release older titles right. and continue to, you know, long tail it stuff over. Yeah, uh, you might even be able to find. I mean, our, Atari's a partner. Maybe they'll release ET
1: now. <sighs> Why do you do this to me? Okay, now there's – um, There are some problems. Okay. The biggest problem is that if you do not have a reliable internet broadband connection, you could experience what is called Latency.
0: Yes. That's when you. Latency bad.
1: Yeah, latency is very bad. That's when you try and do something in the game and then a second or two later your character's movements reflect what you just did. So like you press the jump button and then one, one Mississippi, two Mississippi Mario jumps. That's not good. Um, it does not make for a fun gaming experience. You're almost guaranteed to fail miserably every time you game. Um, there are other problems as well. Some first person shooters, when you have latency issues, the computer itself will, Allow your character to keep running in whatever direction he, she was running in at the time. And then when you reconnect, it will suddenly say, oops, he's actually across the map on the other side, which immediately makes everyone on the op- opposing team think that you cheated. Hey, what happened? Hey, what happened? <laughs> yeah, that – uh that happened to me actually that 's how I stopped playing Xbox Live because my internet broadband connection was so poor i couldn 't maintain a a game and uh, I had a lot of people accusing me of cheating using standby and uh, I was not i will ha I, I want to go on the record. it was my lousy internet connection. So at any rate, if I had sure the system, if I had the system at home and my internet connection was acting up, then my experience would not be very pleasant. Right. The other big problem is if anything major happens to OnLive, like the company goes out of business, uh, you've lost all those games. If somehow Sony went out of business tomorrow, you would still have. Your Sony PS2 or PS3 and all the games you had bought, and you could play those for as long as the the machine would run and as long as those discs could could uh, you know were in good shape. But if on live goes belly up, then you have no more games. That's right. So yep. there are some risks, and those are common throughout all cloud computing applications, not just gaming. Yep. It also is a is bad news for the PC uh, market because um, what. It, you know, gaming rigs, that's what some of the highest end computer systems that that are that are available for personal computers, right? Uh-huh. Um, if suddenly the demand for that drops through the, the ground, uh, companies aren't – don't have the incentive to develop these really super fast processors. Um, and so we might actually see Moore's Law come to an end. Wow. Yeah, because you think about it. Like if and... all the computing is being done on the cloud and I don't need a powerful computer – I, you you stop fueling into that cycle of let's develop even faster processors.
0: There would be no financial incentive for them to do so.
1: And then cats and dogs living together. Mass, Mass hysteria.
0: hysteria. How many more movie quotes are we going to squeeze into this podcast? That's going to be it
1: because I'm gonna I'm gonna move on to okay
0: listener mail. Okay, you totally caught me with that one. Okay, so today's listener mail
1: comes from Sunny and Sonny says I recently subscribed to your podcast and have just caught up with all of the episodes in the recent episode on how nanotechnology works a listener asked if either of you had run Linux or BSC one of the concerns you had in regards to partitioning uh, was in p- regards to partitioning and the subsequent difficulties that one might encounter when doing so. If you're not already familiar with it, Ubuntu comes with an installer called Wubi that will install Ubuntu alongside your Windows installation without the need for partitioning. And uh it gives a link and uh is tossed by being very simple and straightforward. And um,
0: you know, one of us has used Ubuntu. Actually, uh yeah, as, and as a it's matter of fact, me. since <laughs> since <laughs> your uh since your email, um we acquired a test computer um from the uh the ranks of the um hobbled old machines here so yes, <laughs> we've had in actually. the
1: bowels of HowStuffWorks.com. yeah
0: yeah we had to uh, fight off some uh balrogs yeah i was going to say orcs but yeah that's fine okay um anyway and uh yeah we installed a actually we installed a copy of Windows 7 the the beta and i said you know what this is a brand new installation i'm not going to mess it up I'm gonna go ahead and install the latest version of Ubuntu. And you're right. It worked. It was smooth as glass. And as a matter of fact, that old beat up PC I had at home, um, I did the same thing. And uh, you know, had it had some information on there that I was a little nervous about, but it did fine and uh it, it works perfectly and it just it goes where you, you want it to go and um installs alongside beautifully and it works great.
1: Yeah, thanks a lot, Sonny. So if you want to check that out you can go and search for Ubuntu and
0: And it's free, it's you know, free, so, so it's so uh yeah. wanna get get your hands on a, on a uh, free operating system that's got all the, the essentials in it, you know, definitely check that out.
1: Excellent. So if any of you have any further questions, concerns, comments, you know, corrections for those few times we get something wrong send it to us, techstuff, at howstuffworks.com. Remember, we also have the blog, Tech Stuff Live. You can find access to that at our homepage at howstuffworks.com, as well as articles about everything from cloud computing to video gaming. And we will talk to you again really soon.
0: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you...